One of the ones that's in there that's kind of fun is uh, My Little Pony from like the Donnies. I swear nice. to God, it James is a brony. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of The Captain Life, a podcast about comics and pop culture and how they impact us in everyday society. Deep in the heart of Texas, my name is Kevin, and I am being joined by my good friends James in Kentucky. Hello, everyone. And uh, Sean in Indiana. What's up? And you just had to go there. I did. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Oh. Sean, you should you should make a an online video of like uh, introductions over like the course of history. Yeah, just so that when you get to like the late 1990s, early 2000s, right, you can impress everybody with your what's up <laughs> face. The evolution of introductions, yeah. And then it came all back around too with Ant Man and the Wasp. Yep. With yeah, Luis. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the first thing I thought about. Oh man. So it's like, you know, it's like in Victorian times, like, good tidings, sir. And how it got all the way to, what's that? Right. Sean, you could really do a good job of that. Thank you. I might do that. So we're recording on December 1st, and it's a very special day at the Caption Life household. Today is James's birthday, so we thought we would do a very special episode where uh, Sean and I interview James on the history or his personal history with with comics. So uh, that's what we're going to do uh, today. We thought this was a, a good time for our listeners to get to know at least one of our co-hosts. We plan to do uh, some other interviews with, with each other later on down the road. Uh, so, Sean, I'm going to let you kick it off. But first, we're going to say happy birthday, James. Okay, can we just round of applause? Happy birthday! Or he's a jolly good solo. Thank you, thank you. I uh, just turned 35 today, so. Oh, nice. I feel like now I should have one of those big uh, yellow purple cakes from Watchmen now with you singing he's a jolly good fellow now. You know what? I just saw that clip online like a few a few hours ago like uh and I have I don't have HBO so I haven't been keeping up with that, but I will say that The Watchmen was a hugely important was a hugely important book to me and I'm interested to see what they do because I've I've heard nothing but like good things. So uh, let's kick it off. Let's let Sean kick it off with the uh, with James's first question. No, uh, no time limit on this. So James, take whatever time you need, uh, and uh, we'll see where this takes us. Okay, let's do this. All right, James. So, what is your earliest memory of comics? Uh, my earliest memory with you know actual comic books was. I mean, I was really young. I was probably four or five years old, and my uncle was really into comics at the time. And uh, I guess technically is my great uncle. But uh, this guy just has a side note, had like one of those uh, Sam Elliott style mustaches. So, mm. I mean, this really epic stash. So, nice. but uh, that's completely beside the point. He was really into them. Uh, he had. Uh, Batman, Spider-Man, you know, everything that was coming out just then. So I would kind of, uh, he would kind of share those with me a bit when I was about four or five, 
you know, we'd just sit down together. He'd read those and then I'd look at the pictures and whatnot. So that was kind of my earliest memory with uh, actual comic books. But, you know, I also remember being a kid about the time I was first able to read, looking for the comics page in the Sunday newspaper every week and reading through those too. So I still do that. Oh, you do? Yeah. Like, uh, well, I don't get the newspaper, but like my mother-in-law does. So every time we go to visit her house, I like, uh, <laughs> I look through the through stack those? of newspapers for the, for the, <laughs> the funnies. So, uh, James, did you have a, a favorite comic book to read as a kid? And, uh, what, what drew you to a specific character? Uh, we didn't, you know, we didn't have a comic book store back where I grew up. So, when I was around my uh, great uncle who had them, got, I got to be around him, you know, a few times and stuff. But um, what really kind of began to, to draw me into a character was one time I came up and he bought me this uh, Batman sticker book. So it had like, so it's like part comic book, part sticker book, and it had the Batman story in it. But you like, would pill and stick the sticker of Batman or I think it was like a Batman Robin Joker story. So you'd have to put the sticker where it went and stuff. And between that and the uh, 1989 Batman film, that's kind of what drew me to Batman in the first place. So it wasn't until later on that, you know, I learned about, you know, other characters and began to uh, enjoy, you know, the other characters as you know as much as if not more than batman at the time i think i think a lot of people our age can point to the 1989 like batman film as like a as a jump off uh i mean mm-hmm. i'm a little bit older than the two of you guys uh i'm 37 so i was like i was in the prime of my of my youth when I, when that movie came out and it definitely it's definitely i think something that brought you know, because it was the first big superhero film, so it was kind of like what brought the the comics to like a lot of people's attention. Yeah, at least in the eighties, right? Because we always forget about Christopher Reeves as Superman, and that was mm-hmm. you know pretty successful. But like, yeah, I think it stopped around early eighties. But I mean, nineteen eighty nine, I think you know that Batman movie. As a matter of fact, I think Superman four came out the year before or two years before Batman, like the one that, that kind of finished it off. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. You're, you're totally right. That was that is definitely. I made a mistake in saying that was the first big superhero movie because Superman was doing it a de- whole decade before. Right. It's almost like the Superman film of the '70s, and mm-hmm. like those four films, it almost feels like that kind of belongs in the same kind of time capsules, like the 1960s Batman TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though, you know, they're completely different, everything, but it seems like modern superhero comic movies really started with Batman in 89. Next question, James, how have your tastes changed over time? You know, I read what comics I could growing up and stuff. And then, you know, went to college, got busy, kind of did that thing to where I kind of stopped reading comics for a while and then i came back to uh and started reading them again and finally picked up uh sandman by dale gaiman and since then you know i still have a love for the superhero comics 
but now I just find myself reading anything, um, anything at all in graphic form. Like, I uh, just started reading uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods uh, comic put out by Dark Horse. I've never been able to get through the novel, but the graphic novel is just really, really good. I mean, the art's just beautiful. So, and the story is just really, really good when you put those two together. So, yeah, man, I just, I really just read a little bit of everything. So, if anything's changed, it's just uh, uh, deepened since then. Um, I really like, you know, the things coming out from the smaller publishers, too. Uh, The indie comics, and then you've got uh, Ahoy that's doing uh, Second Coming right now by uh mark russell and uh richard pace is probably one of the best i mean i'd put that best co- uh best comics of the year uh so i mean if there's anything that's happened over the last uh 10 years or so since i've begun to read comics more again it's just been that kind of love of it that just kind of keeps me coming back for more so it's just gotten deeper and wider i guess so, James, you touched on this a little bit, but what's your favorite non-superhero genre that you like to read? Oh, boy. Um, like, are you talking about, like... Are you a fan of, like, horror, westerns? Yeah, like yeah, that? yeah. Um, I'm glad Kevin piped in, because I didn't write this question, so I wasn't quite sure how to ask that, <laughs> how to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I really like reading uh, things that have to deal with uh, mythology in comics a lot. Like, uh, you know, I mentioned American Gods, and, you know, I only started uh, – Comicsology had a volume one on sale for 89 cents the other day. I'm like, well, I've been wanting to read this. I'll buy it. Uh, and I've gotten through about the first four issues of that. But I mean, you've got things going from Norse mythology. Then you've got things from like the uh, American mythology in there. And then there's some other things. That I'm not sure where it's from, but I know that Neil Gaiman's going to get to that eventually. So this has been kind of one of my like, favorite genres to kind of come back to it's just uh, the ones with the uh mythological elements in it well i feel like that would be a really interesting one too because with uh, with it being uh you know more folklore and, and myth is i would imagine that like writers and artists would have a lot of fun with it because it, it gives them a lot of freedom to think about how to interpret and how to present that visually as well too so i, I like i like that um that genre of, of comics in general for that reason. You know, I've also been reading some books that to put the horror elements into the uh, mythological stuff too. And it's just, you know, it's just really well done. Just, you know, when you can kind of mix all that in together, it's just a lot of fun that way. Yeah. Oh yeah. James, what uh, what comic has had the biggest impact on you as an adult, and why do you think that? You know, that's a hard one. Um, there's been a few, actually, that has uh, the Sandman books were big, because that's kind of what brought me back into comics in the first place. Uh, 
I went to my local library when I was living in Lexington and they had the entire run of them there. So I checked out as many of those as I could at the time and I just read them through so quickly. Uh, the story was just phenomenal. Then um, I think one you could put in there is a newer one, uh, Mr. Miracle by uh, Tom King and Mitch Garrods is really good. Um uh, mm. You know, uh, Scott Free kind of deals with some things like uh, depression and whatnot in there. Uh, you two being dads, uh, there's a lot of things in there too that I think you all would like. If uh, about yeah, that, I've if read it. I read it on that. the way home from uh, from Disney World oh, in that's September. Good. I really liked it a lot. So the next question we have for you is: I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to follow up with something. So okay. Uh, so the next question is, what's your favorite guilty pleasure comic? But I feel like when I ask you this, I have to be like, what's your favorite guilty pleasure comic? <laughs> <laughs> this is going out across the airwaves, James. Yeah. And you're going to yeah. have to admit to liking something that somebody might make fun of you for. I think so. But yeah. I'm. There's no judgment here. This is a safe space. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I've got... I've got comics from all over at school that I've got, and uh, a bunch of them were given to me from my local comic shop. And one of the ones that's in there that's kind of fun is uh, My Little Pony from like the Donnies. I swear nice. to God, it's James is a brony. <laughs> it, it is like. It is truly like a cotton candy story. It it's got that kind of endearing like. Donnie's kind of nostalgia with it and all that. And I've just got the one issue of that. Nice. But, you know, um, I'm trying to think if they've got a modern one of those or not. I know they've got uh, a modern uh, Care Bears now. So, yeah, they, My Little Pony's always, always got something out around free comic book day. Yeah. They're, they're still very much, they're still very much a player mm -hmm. in the, in the comics industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there like a character that you have a secret affinity for, uh, or like you feel like people like don't understand him? Kind of like, kind of like the way Aquaman was before Jason Momoa made him cool, <laughs> right? You know, if it wasn't for uh, Jason Momoa, like no one would care about Aquaman. <laughs> I mean, my wife enjoyed that movie, so I mean, I'm sure that he had a lot to do with right. that, right? Um, uh, you know. One of the characters that kind of has a cult following that most people don't really understand, I think it's Moon Knight, actually. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite Marvel character, hands down. But everyone basically says, well, he's Marvel's Batman. Well, not really. I mean, right. you know, he's got this really incredible backstory kind of on his own. And people like Warren Ellis and... uh Jeff Lemire have really kind of added to his mythos and stuff. Having, uh, well, it's multiple personality disorder, but I can't think of what the new phrase for that is. Um, I think it's uh, identity. Um, dissociative identity disorder. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when you've got three or four personalities that are kind of vying for control, and sometimes they work together and sometimes they don't, it makes for a really interesting storyline. Like, you know, um, so he's definitely not, you know, Marvel's Batman. He's kind mm -hmm. of his own character and definitely 
you know, a worthy character in its own right. You know, we can kind of forget the West Coast Avenger years and some of the earlier stuff before they kind of put in the uh, dissociative identity disorder stuff. Because before that, he was basically just a guy that dressed up in a white sheet and punched people. Right. <laughs> so, you know, if I like ask Casper. you. Casper, yeah. He's Casper, <laughs> the angry ghost. <laughs> right. <laughs> I pity the fool. <laughs> Casper's take his revenge on the living. (laughs) So if I were to ask you the next question, and you probably just answered it, was what character do you wish was, uh, could be portrayed in a modern, uh, like TV show or movie? So I'm guessing that you're pretty excited about the upcoming Moon Knight uh, show. Uh, I can't wait. I really hope they do it right. And I think they will. Everything's been coming out from, uh, Disney Plus has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I've been watching the uh, Bandalorian, and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, really looking forward to the MCU shows that are going to be coming out over the next couple of years, too. I think that's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and seven of them at that. Like, Star Wars doesn't even have that many yeah. promised, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, if we go DC, um, I really don't want to see another Batman movie. <laughs> I really don't. I uh, feel like I've seen it all. I'd rather see someone like uh, Notwing mm-hmm. or um, anyone else. You know, anyone, literally, <laughs> like, else. literally anyone else. Um, you know, I'll see the new Batman movie that's coming out, but right, I'm like, you know, I want something different. You know. Um, mm. Do you know what would be awesome? What about a Zatanna movie? They did the Joker movie well. They did Wonder Woman. They did Aquaman. So they've kind of proven, especially with Aquaman, that they can take a character that no one really knows about and do a good movie with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, James, our uh, last question for you as a wrap-up is, um, prior to the MCU, what's been your favorite comic movie? Batman Begins. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, that came out in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up probably seeing that movie in theater six or seven times. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it dozens of times since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I were dating at the time. We went a few times to the movies. There were times that I had off days. That I went to the dollar theater where you probably get bed bugs as easily as you'd get a you know a cheap ticket but you know you go and i i saw that movie so many times it was just so well done mm-hmm. like like the christopher dolan movies are the batman movies that we deserved right and you know let's maybe not do batman yeah, for a while i'm, I'm with you. like people would people would um crap their beds if you found if they found out they were gonna remake the godfather or Back to the Future, or other things that are high in the pantheon of pop culture. I do not know why, like Batman gets a pass. Like the, why they have to reinvent him right. every few years. I know. I mean, they've had so many remakes of that character back to back. That's just like let it die and breathe to begin with. I mean, when you, if you look at Marvel and all their history of the cinematic films and stuff like that, with the exception of Spider Man, but that's more of a Sony thing than it is a Marvel Studios thing. You could say it's their success, but I think part of the reason why they're so successful in that is that they're not uh, relying on um, the character and making remakes of that same character over and over again either. Like. You know, I, I think um, 
Captain America, the, the first movie that came out was like in the early 80s. And then, you know, they never touched it again until, you know, the recent version of it with Chris Evans. And I think that's just what's happened here is that everyone loved the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. But it's like, you know, before you can let that rest and settle, all of a sudden you're making a, a new Batman movie in a new universe to try to compete with the MCU in a sense. And that's why people aren't liking it is because you're trying to make it too much like MCU that it just keeps, you know, going horrible. And now we're having a, uh, you know, a third Batman within the span of 10 years, basically. So mm-hmm. my, my, child, I mean, my child is 10 years old and this will be his third Batman. Mm hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the last of the Christopher Dolan movies came out in 2012. Right. You know, let's give it a little bit of time. The thing uh, is, is they can't make any money off of that. Right. Yeah. Like you could advise, can. you could advise everybody like, you know what? Save your time and money and just go watch Batman Begins or go watch the Dark Knight trilogy again. But that's, that's not making Warner Brothers any money. So, but I mean, just. Think about this. They took the Joker and made a billion-dollar movie with it. Mm-hmm. They took Wonder Woman, made mm-hmm. a ton of money with that one. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie's okay. You know, it's good. I've watched mm-hmm. it once or twice. I come back to the MCU movies a little more frequently, but for what it is, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Aquaman's fantastic. So, you know, let's do some other characters. All right, James, uh, we tricked you. That was not the final question, because before we let you go, I want you to talk to our listeners a little bit about how you use comics in the classroom, being a, a teacher. Kind of just, you know, tell them what you what you teach and then how you kind of incorporate that stuff from time to time. OK, I teach uh, world history, primarily from uh, the end of World War One uh, to the present. Before I taught that, I taught a little bit of everything. I taught geography. I taught U.S. history, two different time periods. Taught world history. So I taught about all the ancient societies as well. I also taught some reading courses. And what really got me into uh, doing comics was uh, I had to teach a reading class. And I had 33 kids in there. And... I mean, I had kids on every reading level imaginable, and I had to do something to kind of engage them. Uh, So I taught uh, Marvel's uh, Civil War because that was right after that movie came out. And I'm like, well, let's just try it. You know, I know there's a lot of uh, research out there about reading skills with this, and I'm like, I think our Test scores could go up a lot, especially our our, uh, map scores, which is what did. And everybody's math scores went up by at least three points on their reading test from fall to spring, which is actually pretty good for that. So, um, So I ended up doing that with a small group of about eight kids. Uh, But then I had, you know, other kids like, hey, I wanted to... I want to do this too. I want to read the same book. So that gave me the opportunity to differentiate between 
you know, one small group that had a lower reading level and stuff to where we could only really kind of focus more on, you know, understanding what was going on in the book to a higher reading level group to where we could get into all the post 9-11 hysteria, which is why we had Civil War in the first place. So that was just a really cool thing for me. So then fast forward two years, I'm teaching, uh, and of course, well, let me back up. That was to a group of eighth graders. Well, they were seventh graders at the time. So seventh grade kids, I'm teaching that. We watched the movie at the end of it too, and we just had a ball. So then fast forward two years, I'm teaching uh, 10th grade kids. And I was teaching about uh, totalitarian government. So I brought in Alan Moore's uh, V for Vendetta, which is another one of my favorite comic books of all time. And um, we broke down what a totalitarian government looks like. Uh, the types of things that, you know, those kind of governments will do, kind of what's expected of uh, people living under that type of regime and things like that. So I'm currently teaching that one right now. Uh, actually, and the students are definitely pulling out um, that kind of futuristic take on a totalitarian government, and they are equating that with what happened in uh, Germany during the 1930s and 40s, Italy, North Korea today, Russia today, with those kind of totalitarian regimes, and it's just really nice to see that. So, but that's just one of the Benny books that I use. And so you use it to draw uh, like historical parallels. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's other teachers out there like Jill Gerber, Tim Smythe that really use comics a lot more from the literacy aspect, which, you know, I do that too, because I really believe that, you know, we're all teachers of reading, but, you know, I really use these books as like societal and historical artifacts a lot. And I can pull in uh, those parallels as well. So that's kind of how I do things. So like in the spring, uh, we'll be reading uh, X-Men Magneto Testament that talks about uh, young Max Eisenhart and how uh, uh, he grew up during Nazi Germany and how that kind of played a part in Magdito's origin story. So, I mean, we use that, and then we use uh, uh, some of the Marvel books that are anti-communist and various things. So I get to use them a lot more in the spring. I'm actually kind of planning out a class to teach uh, U.S. history through comics from World War II through today. Maybe I can get that class passed this year. Mm -hmm. So working on it, working on it. Well, fight the good fight, James. Working on it. Fight the good fight. Yes, sir. Will do. Yeah. Well, uh, happy birthday once again, James. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for answering these questions because inquiring minds want to know. Uh, And hopefully in the future, you'll get to hear uh, Sean and I answer some of those questions. Uh, But for now, that wraps up another episode of the Captain Life podcast. Uh, reach out to us on social media at Caption Life if you have a question or you have a suggestion uh, we'd love to hear from you and as always uh, check us out on whatever favorite podcast platform uh, you listen to uh, until next time guys peace out Good night.